0: What's up, party people? Welcome to Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Andy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Twitter, or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter, which has a lot less going on, but that's fine. Seriously, it's cool. I think the last thing was I bitched about what would happen if I actually tried to do the on campus series, which would literally, I would catch on fucking fire if I attempted it. We are picking up today with. The book after Two Points to Murder. So Two Points to Murder is book eight in the Nancy Drew Files series. We're going to pick up with book nine today. So it's kind of like a trilogy and that this would be the middle book if we were going to set it up that way. To do a brief recap of Two Points to Murder, my heart. um, <laughs> Nancy went to investigate a case at Emerson that her boyfriend had invited her to come investigate, which... I mean, also his coach. Um, The basketball team was the subject of some sabotage incidents, including somebody being hanged in effigy, which, you know, just a classic, really. Um, She eventually determined that Ned's best friend, Mike, was the one who was behind some of the, I, I hesitate to call them pranks, even though that's what they're referred to for most of the book, because, oh my God, they're like a lot more intense than that, but it's okay. Like, the fucking wheel of their bus was shot out. I mean, fuck. But anyway, um, Mike was behind some of the incidents, including actually making the damn effigy. I guess he was like, I have some embroidery skills and I can make it look real lifelike. So, um, but Ned refused to listen to Nancy when she was like, there's some definite evidence that this bitch is involved. And Ned was like, no, he is not. He is my best friend. He would never do this. He would never hurt me this way. So just step the fuck off. And so Nancy got upset and Ned got upset. At the end of the book, Ned breaks up with Nancy because he's like, you're suspicious of everybody. You don't trust me. And Nancy's like, but he was involved. And Ned's like, but you don't trust me. Like... Again, I've got some real issues with the way that Ned's portrayed in that book because I feel like they were trying to shoehorn in some behavior that it's extremely out of character for him. But setting that aside for now. So the major conflict is that. Nancy suspects Ned's, friend, Ned's best friend of being behind the crime that she's investigating and Ned refuses to even accept that he could be at all involved. That's the biggest thing. Um, in this book, which... I'm going to just say that I don't think it's the same ghostwriter for this one, just because they get some, they kind of summarize the previous case a little bit wrong. Just saying. Um, Nancy says that Ned broke up with her because she was like too involved with mysteries and that she suspected him a brief time during that case, which technically is true because she doesn't know where he got the money to give her the silver bracelet, and so she asks him about that, and he's like, I got it lifeguarding. It's not that I'm taking money to play ball for Emerson, which is what you think is going on, um, which, yeah, like, but that's not the given reason for why he breaks things off with her, so... I was like, probably this ghostwriter was looking at an outline of that book, even though I have heard that the Nancy Drew Files series, like the ghostwriters, had a lot of freedom with how they decided to pursue shit, so. Which means, person who wrote book 20, I love you. Person who wrote book 6, you know I love you. (laughs) Person who wrote book 99, holy fucking shit. I would ask you to marry me, but I'm not into that, so it's fine book nine picks up with um Nancy still smarting from the fact that Ned has broken up with her now at the time that I read this when I was like 10 or whatever the fuck um I had not read any romance novels yet so I did not pick up on a lot of the a lot of what they're doing here I am a full-on bitch for angst like holy shit I love angst I'm I'm here for it and if they had wanted to punch this up for maximum angst then Ned would have gone back to his first girlfriend, a person who doesn't exist. Um, She would be newly diagnosed with leukemia, just like saintly, like a Lurleen McDaniels 100% all the way across the board, just pitiful as shit. Like, that is who Ned would have gone for if we were just going to punch this up for maximum angst, where he's like, I will never love again. But that is not what we do here. And they're telegraphing like motherfuckers because... The person that Ned is currently hooked up with, there's no fucking explanation for how they met. There's no fucking explanation for how Nancy meets her current side piece, who is a side piece in every sense of that word and is also dumb as a bag of hammers, but we'll get to that. Um, I fucking hate him. <laughs> anyway, um, his current girlfriend is like a full on stone cold bitch like 100% across the board is terrible. Like in every possible way that you can measure that. And so Nancy's like, yeah, I hate her. Like full on fucking hate her. Anyway, at the beginning of the book, Nancy is sitting on the couch with Hannah and they're watching, they're getting ready to watch the ballet. Like Nancy's like, this is going to be the best. We're recording it at home. And um, it's because Carson can't be there to watch it. So he's like, please record it on the VCR because we live in the Nancy Drew files. We live in a time where there is no such thing as cell phones and VCRs are the height of sophistication, as is Carson Drew's favorite Ottoman. (laughs) Everything about that just murders me. Um, They're sitting there watching and it's a Chicago ballet theater production that they're watching, and it's super famous because Katya Alexandrovna is performing the lead in this, I don't know what the fuck, pot, I took exactly one year of ballet, y'all, like, just, it's all gone now, it's all gone, except for just the reddest lipstick that I've ever worn in my entire life, and a very severe bun, um, (laughs) good times, so, Yeah, I remember that we had positions one through five and what a bar is and you can about hang it up at that point. So they're watching. Nancy has always loved Katya and Nancy has taken ballet classes because Nancy is between is she a horse girl or is she a ballet girl? The answer is she is a ballet girl. That is what she does, so she has loved Katya forever, and so she's like, "This is so exciting, and she's getting close to retirement, and I've loved her for a long time, and she's on stage with Ned's new side piece, Belinda, who is a fucking monster um and also andre we don't we don't give a fuck about Andre. no one cares about Andre. understand that the three of them are doing this dance, and he's just basically like holding them up it, I don't know. They're going back and forth. The thing that is most impressive about this dance is that Katya has a fucking, like, huge diamond pinned to her outfit. It is the Raja diamond because we can't go four days without being post-colonial up in this shit. So it's, of course, from India. It belongs to the Rajah family, and I was like, so just go ahead and lean in on every, every specific ethnic stereotype that you could possibly imagine. Um. Anyway, there's... There is no provenance given to it. There's nothing like, oh, yes, it's been in this family for generations. It's like, no, no, they loaned it to this ballet company. Because when I think of Priceless Jewels, I think of ballet companies. Um, They've loaned it to them so that it's it's kind of like this publicity thing. So everybody's super stoked about it. Nancy's watching and she's like, I really hope that Belinda like just randomly catches on fire on stage. There is no pyrotechnic involved in this show, but I just hope that she catches on fire. And Hannah's like, that breakup was rough, right? And Nancy's like, you have no fucking idea. So, they're watching. Everything is really cool. The the dance ends. The lights go down. Everybody bursts into applause, and all of a sudden, they hear a scream, and when the lights come back up, Katya is, like, on the ground in the middle, on the floor, in the middle of the stage. Belinda's holding her. Andre is kind of nearby, and the diamond's gone. Here's our conflict for the rest of this book. The diamond's gone. No one knows where it is. They need to recover it. So, on the tape, well, Nancy's watching it later the next day, on the tape, she sees um, Belinda and Andre help Katya off stage because Katya's limping, she's had some sort of ankle injury, and that's part of the reason that she's retiring, so, so Nancy's watching it, she's like, she's listening to a news report, and my favorite thing about the news report is this throwaway line, where it says that um, the, the local government has voted themselves 20% raises, and it's like, just casually mentioning that. It's like, you know what? I think we need one fifth more for what we're doing because we're just awesome and rocking at it. But anyway, they talk about the fact that the announcer that Nancy's listening to on the radio, because of course she's fucking listening to the radio. Why, but why would she not be? Why would she not be? um Says that like this priceless diamond has been stolen. They have no leads. um The police have shut down the new theater. Like that was part of it is that the ballet company has this new theater that has like all the seating capacity. And this was like their inaugural performance and it was going to be fantastic. And now the cops are searching the place for the diamonds. So they've actually shut off access to it. It's right next door to the old theater. So it's not that big a drag, but it's still a drag. So, and Nancy's like, wow, that's, that's pretty intense her father comes in and he's like I know that you're interested in this and Nancy's like have we met of course I'm interested in this this is this is the shit that I live for so Nancy hears a knock at the door and she answers it and it's Ned and of course her heart stops my favorite thing is that in the book um Nancy opens the door and sees Ned standing there and she's like I've been daydreaming about him forever. And she looks at him and I'm like, you mean fantasizing? Like, the way that it describes him so very lovingly, where it's like his soft, loving, dark eyes, his just handsome features, his strong, muscular body. I'm like, you've been fantasizing about that. Like, you've been all over that. You've been laying in your bed at night thinking real hard about that man. So he's standing there and he's, he's like, Ned? And he's like, Hey, um, so funny story. Um, the cops are saying that my new girlfriend might have stolen this diamond and I would really like you to clear her name because her career is just taking off and this would really put a damper on things and could you maybe do that? And Nancy's like, "Uh uh-huh like, it's just terrible, it's like, that guy that, you know, could just pull you, drag you back down to hell, if he set his mind to it, and and Ned's just standing there, like, can you help my new girlfriend, and Nancy's like, yeah, yeah, I can, so she actually runs upstairs, and she freshens up, brushes her hair, puts on, like, this locket that she knows that Ned enjoys to, you know, to see her wearing, and I'm like, put on all the jewelry that he has given you, drape yourself in it like you are a member of his harem, just do this for me, but no, so she decides to ride into to the city with Ned and side piece Belinda, the the fucking bitch, um, Nancy gets in the car and it's like, oh, this is Nancy, my, my girlfriend, my former girlfriend, and Belinda's like, oh yes, Ned's, you know, I understand what you saw in him. He's a he's a fantastic guy. I, I really love that I'm with him now. And Nancy's like, I want you to die in a fucking fire. She doesn't say it. She just thinks it real, real hard. But Belinda is like saccharine sweet to Ned. And she's like a total hose beast to Nancy. And Nancy's like, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I get it. But on the other, like, what the fuck does he see in her? She is the fucking worst. She is shallow and a piece of shit. And Ned was always super impatient with the fact that I was always on a case, which she points out is kind of weird that like the reason that he broke up with her has now turned into the thing that he has come to her for because he knows that she's damn good at her job. And of course, as you know, like as soon as she opens that door to sees him, you're like, y'all are getting back together. Like seriously, if you wanted to draw this shit out, there are ways, like I said, get him back with leukemia stricken girlfriend Um, have that last for like four or five books, maybe have him propose to her, but we ain't having that shit, so they go into town, um, they go to the new theater, and Nancy decides that she needs to basically meet all the main players, she needs to see all the suspects, so of course it's the three people who are on stage, so that's Belinda, Katya, and Andre, Um, the other people that she wants to meet are and it doesn't fucking matter why at this point. The first one is the managing something and basically he's the publicity guy. Like any fundraisers, um making sure that they have plenty of butts and seats for performances, um anything that could possibly raise money for the ballet company. That is what he is here for. What's his name? Fuck you, I don't care. Um the other person that she's interested in because um she's kind of talked things over with She's tried to talk things over with Ned and Belinda. Belinda's like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> she really doesn't seem to give a literal fuck about any of this. She's like, I just want to go back to dancing. And you're like, do that far away while on fire. Maybe some flaming batons. I don't know. So she's of like she's worse than no help because Nancy also wants her to die. But um Nancy also talks to Actually, when she goes to visit the publicity guy and he's talking about, he's talking shit about everybody. He's like, yeah, like Belinda's really awesome and Katya's gonna be retiring because of that ankle injury. And I mean, Audrey's fine, no one cares. Um, Also, Anna is the person who is kind of standing in for the Rajah family, kind of like as a chaperone to the diamond. So she's been hanging out and real pissed about everything and she's demanding that they find the diamond because it belongs to the Raja family, and they're pissed, blah, blah. So that's one person who Nancy's like, but, well, the thing is that Anna is not a member of the family, and it could be that maybe she's strapped for cash, and so this is kind of a good thing. Like, she might have the connections to do something with the diamond, something like that. Um, The managing guy, the one who's doing all the publicity, well, the diamond that's while it's negative publicity it's also publicity like you're you're still getting people interested in you and like reading stories about you and of course whenever the theater opens back up, like people are going to want to come because they're going to be excited to see the theater where the theft happened so there's that and he's like maybe it was a publicity stunt like a really weird negative one but maybe it was And then the last person is the artistic director, who is a fucking hothead, who, while Nancy's talking to the publicity guy, the artistic guy walks in and he's like, you've decided to slash my budget. And the producer's like... The guy who's doing all the publicity is like, that's because every time you turn around, you want another $10,000. And so they like legit get into it to the point that one of them is choking the other one out. And Nancy's just sitting there watching it and like going, this is fucking intense. (laughs) Eventually she's like, y'all need to stop it. And they like look at her and she's like, just stop. Like, don't choke each other out. And so they stop like, seriously, Do you really need to whip out your dicks to impress an 18-year-old amateur detective? Apparently, the answer is yes. Anyway, so Nancy's like, okay, so these two guys have tempers. Um, The artistic director is actually, his contract has not been renewed through the end of the season. So after this one's over, he's going to be out. And Nancy's like, okay, he might have wanted to steal the diamond as like payback like, you know, a fuck you to these guys because they got rid of him. Um, yeah, there's just any number of people who might've been involved. She's got basically like six suspects at this time, but she knows that based on everything that she's seen, the cops have searched everything. They haven't found the diamond. Um, the guy who's doing the publicity is like, Hey, you know, having more eyes on this is great, which again, like we don't, the suspects don't usually telegraph this early so he could be like, yeah, it's great, but she's 18, and so he can just kind of disregard everything she's doing, um, so yeah, but Nancy's sure that somebody on stage was involved, and had to be, and that also gives her pause when she thinks about this, because she does say to Ned, like, if I find any evidence that Belinda was involved, you know I have to pursue it, right, and Ned's like, you won't, so it's fine, and Nancy's like, this is exactly how we ended up breaking up. Like, oh my God, you need to acknowledge the fact that maybe you are not the best edge of character, myself excluded. And that's like, everyone around me is a precious, precious angel. So just shut the fuck up. So, um, Nancy looks around. She goes to talk to as many people as she possibly can. She goes into the theater to look at the stage. There's no way that anybody could like Take the diamond and just kind of throw it. there's no steps off the stage, so nobody could have run up from the crowd. No nobody could have easily run up from the crowd and like climbed up on stage and grabbed it like it, everything logistically points to the fact that one of the dancers on stage had to have done it had to have been involved in it somehow, even if the mastermind is maybe one of the other people that's involved so that's what Nancy has to do. She has to figure out like what the fuck is going on um Nancy is dating this complete and utter wet blanket named Brad. I hate him. Um, He's a law student, which, like, at the time I did not question this, but later on, like, apparently law is not an undergraduate thing. Um, You major in something else, and then you go on to get your JD in law, so that would mean that this douchebag is, like, 22. I mean if we're gonna deconstruct this shit, which you know I fucking am. Um, she's eighteen and like Nancy's like, Why the fuck am I even dating this complete asshole? And at one point they're making out. She's like, This is why she's like, he is a complete doorstop in every other possible way, but he's good at making out, y'all. And I'm like, also you're barely legal. (laughs) Like, I'm just gonna point that out to you. You are barely legal for most reasons. And also he's a law student, so he can't be like, I did not know But yeah, he seems like a complete, complete doorknob. Um, yeah. Well, the first day that Nancy's there investigating after she's seen two guys trying to choke each other out right in front of her, um, she goes to Ned and Ned's actually watching Belinda practice, which, like, Ned spends all of his damn time at the theater watching Belinda practice so that he can be there in case Nancy needs him. And there's a lot of, I'll be here when you need me. I'll you know, I'm, I'm here for you, Nancy, and Nancy just going, "Uh uh-huh, like, seriously, there seems to be absolutely nothing between Nancy and Brad that is not just, like, he's just real good at making out, y'all, like, seriously, and like I said, there's no indication of how they met, I don't know if Nancy just, like, started strolling around a law school until somebody recognized that she was Carson Drew's daughter and was like, I need to hit that, I don't know, I don't know, um, yeah, 'Cause I got nothing in common. Um, yeah. So Nancy grabs Ned and she's like, Hey, let's um let's go look around, let's see what we can find. And Ned decides Ned and Nancy decide together to go check out the costumes. Like, that seems like one possible lead because she's like, Maybe the diamond was hidden in a costume and maybe we'll find it that way. So I can't remember exactly how this happens. I think that when they I think when they first walk up, they see somebody dressed in black who is trying to break into the room and that person dashes off and they try to grab that person but they make it down a stairwell and Nancy and Ned don't find them and of course Ned's like, Be careful and Nancy's like, You too and you're like, Y'all need to bang. Um, yeah. So they don't find the person, they go back to the room, Nancy makes it there first and she walks in and the person is like right behind the door because they were either waiting for her or they had just gotten back into the room. So, Nancy sees them, and they pull down a fucking, like, there's big old clothes racks in the middle of the room, and they, le- like, legit pull down clothes racks so that Nancy's just knocked the fuck out. So, Nancy responds to find that Ned is <laughs> standing over her, and he's like, Nancy, wake up, Nancy. Oh, please be okay. Please be okay, Nancy. And so, she, her eyelashes flutter up, and she's like, Ned? And he's like, oh, thank God you're safe. And, of course, they hug, and you're like, Yes you know what you need to do now. The best treatment for a concussion is for y'all to have just really sweet, passionate sex. You know that. You've known that for a long time. Instead, they just hug, and then they pull back a little, and Nancy's like, yeah, and that's like, oh, and clears his throat, and he's like, oh, yes, I'm I'm just really glad that you're okay, and Nancy's like, sure you are. That boner is just because you're real glad I'm okay. Yep, yep, that's, that's what that's there for, um, <laughs> So, Nancy and Ned search through the costumes as much as they can, even though the tension is simmering between them. They don't find anything, like, it's, it's just a fucking room full of costumes, but Nancy likes to look over at and she's like, it's just like it used to be, we're working together on a case, and, and he's right there, and I just want to get back together with him. Like, seriously, any time that Brad is not with her, she's like, I don't know who you're talking about, we've never met, I don't know him. <laughs> Like, girl only has eyes for Ned anytime he's around, and there's clearly some shit happening in that direction as well. So, um, they search through, they don't find anything, but Nancy notices that there's a threatening note that's in her purse. So apparently after the thief knocked her the fuck out, they left a note in her purse that was like, stay away from this case, or you're gonna get hurt, and it's typewritten. And Nancy looks at this, and she's like, somebody... Fucking typewrote a note to me, waited until they had knocked my ass out, and then put it in my purse. Just, you know, being super considerate. So she's thinking about that the next day when she sees Brad. Brad's like, You should drop this case. And Nancy's like, Have we met? I do not drop cases. That is not a thing that I do. And Brad's like, Just leave it to the police. They'll figure it out. You don't need to be involved in this. Look, some clothes got thrown on top of you, it's just real, real bad, you need to just stay out of it, and Nancy's like, I'm not gonna stay out of it, like, I gotta figure this out, and Brad's like, whatever, like, she even says that he's like a puppy dog, he's, he's just the worst, really, she does not need a puppy dog, and she compares himself, she even says, like, he is nothing next to Ned Nickerson, <laughs> as a side note, um, I had this conversation with somebody else, because we were talking about fantasy casting Ned's hot uncle, who, of course, is Lee Pace. Have you seen the pictures of him from the Met Gala? Oh, my God. Um. Anyway, so we decided that that was Ned's hot uncle. And then somebody said, who would you cast as Ned? Like, what actor would you cast as Ned? And the answer is, there is no one. Because Ned is your perfect fantasy. Like, just imagine him. He is six foot three. He is gorgeous as sin. He has loving dark eyes and he has a muscular body and he wants to rub it all over you. That is what he is here for. So he's, he's like a little bit of everybody. He is everyone and no one. He is utopia. So there's just, there's no one who captures the essential net of it all. There just isn't Cause he's the best, anyway, and that's how Nancy feels as well. Like, which I think is part of the reason why we feel that way about Ned. Those of us who are completely obsessed with that relationship is because like Ned is, Ned is everything that Nancy needs, even when she's frustrated with his protectiveness. Because that's another thing she points out. Like Brad is often saying, like, you need to leave this to the cops. Like this is too dangerous. You need to stay away from it. And she's like, while Ned was always worried about my safety, he never doubted my ability. Like, he never thought that I couldn't do it. It was just that he wanted me to be safe. And Brad is like, this is too tricky. There's one point where Nancy's watching the ballet video for, like, the 50th time. And Brad's like, I just thought we were going to make out, not that I was going to be an Agatha Christie novel. And you're like, just shut the fuck up. You are in the presence of Nancy fucking Drew. You need to marinate in that and savor it. Every last drop, learn something, you complete nitwit. So, um, Nancy goes around to talk to people and she gets another threatening note put in her her purse. And that's after she has been, let me think, she gets three threatening notes put in her short purse. They're all put in her purse. Um, one of them says like, we're both after the object. So it's a race to see who gets it. So that's when Nancy figures out that whoever stole it doesn't have it. Like they're still looking for it. So she saw the person at the, that was looking through the costumes room. And at that point she was like, that person was definitely a woman. I can't tell you who the first person we chased was, but I know the second one was definitely a woman. And Ned's like, okay, because Ned is the one who Nancy talks through this case with. So Nancy goes around to talk to her various suspects and she discovers that she talks to Andre, who was like, "I didn't see anything. I didn't do it, and it had to have been Katya. And Nancy's like, "Okay." Um, also, he's French, which has no bearing on anything. So later on, she finds herself at the costume room again, and she hears voices inside. Pokes her head inside, and sees that Anya and Andre are in there, looking through the costumes, much the same way that Nancy had been with Ned, and much the same way that the person who was dressed all in black had been another thing that Nancy had noticed is the first time she saw the person in black and the first after she had noticed that that person was a woman, um, Anna had been wearing black pants and black shoes, which the person who was, was dressed all in black was just wearing like a black sweatshirt and a black like face mask. So a ski mask, like anytime I say face mask in a time of coronavirus, I picture something different. Um, So, yeah, the black mask and the black sweatshirt, well, that would be easy enough for her to do. Like, she was already half-dressed the way that that person was. And she also was, like, hysterical over finding this thing. So Nancy pokes her head in the door, and she sees Anna and Andre just searching through the stuff. And she's like, oh, so they did it. Like, that's that's the explanation for why they would be in here doing this. So Andre's like, oh, my God, I found something. And Anna's like, what is it? What is it? And so he pulls it out and shows it to her, and it's the pen. And Nancy's like what do I do? The diamond that they've been looking for, like, it's in Andre's hand, clearly, and Anna looks at it, and she's like, huh, so she takes it, puts it down very carefully on the floor, and then stomps her heel on it, and it breaks into a million pieces, because it's just like this fake copy that they had been using to practice before they had had the real diamond, like, you know, during the practices, they didn't practice with the real thing, and Anna's like, you need to be more careful, because Andre's like, oh, I forgot that that we had used a fake one, and Anna's like, you need to be more careful, and he's like, I will be sugar buns, and Nancy's like, oh, so they're dating, okay, so circumstantially, it looks like maybe they were involved in the theft, but on the other hand, it could be that Anna is just so desperate to save her reputation that she's desperate to find the diamond first, like, because she still has a feeling that it's somewhere around, so, so we are actually going to pause there so that we can pick up with the rest of the suspects oh my god another thing I want to point out is that Bess and George are absolutely nowhere in this book at all whatsoever nowhere like Nancy does not ever call them for advice they do not pop up at any point because this is all about Nancy and Ned, 100% of the time up and down left and right full coverage yes And again, if you were going to lean in really hard on the angst, there would be at least one interlude over a tub of chocolate ice cream where they were like, yes, Belinda is a 100% whore and we hate the ground that she walks on and we are going to slash her tires in solidarity. Um, But that does not happen. Okay. So when we left off, Nancy had discovered that Andre and Anna were searching through the costumes and did not recover what they were looking for. Then she decides that she wants to report this to the publicity guy. Remember him from earlier who he tried to choke out the artistic director because of course he did. Anyway, so Nancy goes by his office and hears him talking to, let me think. What happens is that Nancy doesn't actually hear the artistic director talking to anybody. She goes to the managing guy to tell him about Andre and Anna, and she overhears him talking to... She overhears two people talking, and one of them is Katya. Okay. So what ends up happening is that each one of the ballerinas is paired with one of the other people. So... Katya ends up being linked to the artistic director Colby, and then Belinda ends up being linked to the publicity guy James. I told you that I didn't fucking care what their names were, but just to keep people straight, um, yeah. So Nancy overhears Katya talking to Colby. Both of them have similar starts to their names, and Katya's like, "Yeah, I can't believe he's forcing us out. That's such a dig move." And the artistic guy's like, yeah, like, he owes everything to us, like, we're fantastic, and, um, she's with Brad at the time, that useless piece of driftwood with hair, um, who coughs really loudly because he is the absolute fucking worst at this, like, Nancy legit rolls her eyes at this point, she's like, oh my god, I'm, I'm never bringing you anywhere ever again, um, so, the artistic guy hears them and walks out and grabs Nancy and Brad by their arms and is like, What are you doing out here? And Nancy's like, You need to let go of us because you are hurting my arm. And so he lets him go and he's like, Did your parents not teach you not to eavesdrop? And Nancy's like, Oh, so you're gonna treat me like I'm five. Okay. Um, yeah, we did not mean to eavesdrop and we'll be going now. And he's like, if I catch you out here doing again, I am going to call your parents. Which again, if Brad is in law school, then Brad's like early twenties, and also, Nancy's father, the inventor of toaster strudel, would not be pleased to hear about this. So, just saying, um, yeah. So she ever hears them talking, and she's like, okay, they have motive. Um, some she's heard some gossip that maybe Katya is kind of like hard up for money, um. Colby is upset because his contract's not being renewed. It would make some sense to kind of like as revenge to get back at him that way. So she's like, Okay, so I've got Andre and Anna. I've got Katya and Colby. I think that that's why the ghostwriter did this. They were like, just to make sure I've got everybody's names in order. Belinda and James does not match, but I don't fucking care. Um, she overhears them talking and actually she overhears other people talking about them is one of the things that happens. And um, Anna actually, like, stomps in during ballet practice with a private detective, like, a stereotypical private detective, like Columbo, where he looks kind of rumpled and kind of confused at all times, and although Columbo was not a private detective, um, but Anna walks in and, like, stabs her finger at Belinda, and she's like, I'm here to do a citizen's arrest of you. You stole the diamond, although she has a British accent, so just pretend, and Belinda's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I did not steal any diamond. And Nancy's like, okay, what evidence do you have that she stole the diamond? I'm just curious. Just asking. You can't arrest people with no evidence. And Anna's like, I heard her on the phone and she was saying that as soon as she sold it, she would have plenty of money to do what she wanted. And Belinda's like, I was not talking about the diamond. I did not steal the diamond. I was talking about my car. And Anna's like, uh, well, still. And the detective's like, that's all you've got? And Nancy's like, and you know that you can't arrest her on that. And the detective like, she told me she had evidence. I'm really sorry. Bye. So they stomp out. So Nancy overhears that apparently James has been kind of cozying up to Belinda because Belinda has been cast as the lead ballerina in the next production that's coming up, which is happening like next week. Like I thought y'all needed more time to practice. Maybe they were practicing everything. I don't, I don't fucking know like I said, ballet is a an undiscovered country for me, um, Mikhail Baryshnikov, that's where it's at, um, so yeah, like, she's like, okay, so apparently somebody saw James handing Belinda some money, and of course, my brain immediately went to, Belinda is banging James so that she will get cast in the lead role in the next production, and somebody even says something that, because, again, they can't say that in these books, where they're like, I guess she's just, like, really cozy with him, and I'm like, that's one word for it, um, (laughs) and that, of course, is like, she would never do anything like that, and you're like, oh, honey, you are so adorably naive, it's fine, oh, my gosh, but, of course, Belinda's super excited, um, apparently, the three, the, the three dancers have been told that they can't perform until the police investigation's over with, but, then all of a sudden, Belinda's cast in this other production as though, like, that's a loophole. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. It's fine. Um, Nancy has received another threatening note telling her that it's a race, and whoever finds the pen first wins, and she's like, girl, I'm gonna win this. I'm in it to win it, so fuck you. Also, now she knows that the thief doesn't know where the diamond is, so she's trying to figure out where it could be, and she's, she found a little scrap of pink fabric when she was doing her search, and she was like, "This seems odd. She's been trying to match it to things, and she's pretty sure it's a pair of point shoes." Throughout the book, um, people have been saying, "Have you seen my point shoes? I'm missing my point shoes. Somebody's been stealing point shoes. they're They're missing out of my bag. Um, and then Nancy hears from another dancer that, oh each dancer has their own size. Like it might be like a size five and then they have like some letters following that, like a triple A for something. And then a shoemaker's symbol. So somebody's size might be a certain size, but they might prefer a certain shoemaker's style over another's. Like the way they stitch the shoe together feels better or feels horrible. So Nancy's like, oh, okay. So each ballet dancer has like their specific size and that specific shoemaker symbol on their Point shoes so if they look at the point shoes and they don't see that and they know that's not their shoes Nancy is actually when she was looking around she with Ned this was at a point that she was like uh Ned we need to talk about the fact that Belinda could have been behind this and that's like you just told Anna that she didn't do it and it's like well uh I've been hearing that maybe she came into some money recently and she got cast as the lead and it could be that maybe like, to get publicity, and Ned's like, I'm not going to listen to this, and then they actually see the person in black, like, as he's stomping off, and he's like, Nancy, and so they run after the person wearing black, and Nancy, I find this hilarious, Nancy tosses her purse to Ned, there's a lot of work with her purse in this episode, like, she keeps finding threading notes in her purse. She dumps her purse at Ned so that he will collect it for her. Like, this is what you are here for. You are here to carry my purse and watch me be a badass. So just know that. Just understand that. Um, she chases the person in black, and the person in black actually, like, forces open the freight elevator and then, like, vanishes into the shaft. And so Nancy is running at full speed, pulls open the elevator doors, and almost just flings herself into the darkness she doesn't realize that there's no car there, um, so she ends up, like, grabbing the sides of the door and slipping down until her, her hands have actually hit the floor, so she's, like, dangling in the elevator shaft, and Ned comes over and is like, Nancy, and she's like, oh my god, so he puts his, he wraps his arms, his fingers around her arms, and manages to inch by torturous inch pull her up, which I was like, yes, thank you for not making this effortless, because oh my god, like, can you imagine like Nancy can't really help out that much and she's like dead weight anyway so he pulls her up and they're both panting and they're looking into into each other's eyes and you're like yes now is the time for y'all to bang but the moment passes and it's like I'm just I'm really glad you're safe and Nancy's like I don't know what I would have done if you weren't here and that's like I will always be here to keep you safe and you're like because you two were 100% not over each other in any possible way I'm just gonna point that out like we all know it just, you need to know that too. So they decide, um, Nancy actually says, would you mind if we would just sit somewhere and talk over the case? And Ned's like, sure, that's fine. So they go to a costume room and that's actually where Nancy finds the costumes that had been used the night of the production. Cause she finds the costume that Katya was wearing and it has the little tear on it where the diamond had been. But the point shoes that are with the costume are like beat up old point shoes, and so Nancy's like, "Okay, so where are the point shoes that Kaya was wearing?" And she and Ned talk things over, and Nancy's talking about the different um, motives that people might have had. She knows that somebody on stage must have been involved. When she talks about Belinda, very quickly, like Ned's like, "It all seems circumstantial to me." And anyway, so they're talking it over, and Ned's like, "You're gonna figure it out. You're doing great." Like. I've got faith in you, and of course, Nancy is warmed completely through, because again, Brad is not a supportive boyfriend, Brad is like, are we gonna make out some, which I'm like, I feel that Ned is both of those things, he is both supportive boyfriend, also, can we make out some, it's fine, um, and then they hear a key scratch in the lock, and then somebody laughing as they walk away, like, and Ned's like, why the fuck would somebody lock us in this room, and Nancy's like, to show that they can, Because somebody's just been fucking with me. And here's the point in the book where I'm like, you know, you're locked in a room together. No one would blame you if you ended up just banging on a table. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Like, you're thinking it. Just lean in. But no. Nancy's like, okay, give me my purse. And Ned's like, of course. So she pulls out a pit kit and has them out of there in like two minutes, which Ned's like, it's a good thing that you are a good person because, oh my God, you could be up to so much crime. And Nancy's like, girl, I know. I know. So they have this moment where they're like looking into each other's eyes and Nancy's like, and Ned's like, uh, 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 okay, I'll see you later. Because like, clearly he's having to wrench himself away from her. And Nancy's like, oh my God, I'm so depressed. Like, why are we not together? Oh my God. And I'm like, exactly, exactly. There's just a lot of like long lingering yearning glances between the two of them and almost moments where there's like holding each other. And you're like, yes, yes to every single part of this. So, um, Nancy actually, (laughs) has Brad there at one point and she sends Brad on an errand to just check out typewriters. And I was like, Oh my God, this is adorable. They don't even have computers in their offices. Um, because she's received the three threatening notes at this time. So she sends him to get like typewriting samples so that she'll be able to tell like if any typewriter in the building may have done this, but anyway, um, eventually she's talking to a ballerina and after she's heard about the point shoes thing, she hears another ballerina saying like, "Oh well, I found these point shoes," and she's like, "Nancy thinks the diamond was hidden in point shoes. That's why these point shoes keep disappearing. Ever since the everything was moved back over here, people have been complaining about that." So she watches the video again, and she's like, "Ah, Katya keeps icing up her left ankle and saying that her left ankle is bothering her, but in the video, it's her right point shoe that's um like." has been unlaced because like the ribbon is trailing behind her when it wasn't doing that before and nancy's like so she took off her ballet shoe and she jammed the diamond down into the the point of her ballet slipper, and then got out with it nancy can't figure out why the fuck she would lose it at that point and honestly i can't either it doesn't make any sense it just literally doesn't make any sense Kaya gets off stage. She's got the diamond. The explanation is that because the cops are searching everything, like, Kaya clearly had to put the diamond somewhere that the cops wouldn't search because if they were going to search all of her belongings, then she would need to, like, maybe shove it into a bag after the police had already searched it, and then she lost track of it because she didn't leave it with among her own possessions. She didn't want to be caught with it, which, okay, like, I can buy that. That's... That seems reasonable. Okay. um, So she figures that out and she decides to go observe Katya and the artistic director interacting. She's like, oh, can I stay for your practice? And Katya's like, sure, you can stay for our practice. That's fine. Um, And what Nancy notices is that Katya is the one who's making all the decisions. Like, she'll say, maybe we should do this for this part. And the guy just goes along with her. Like, he's good but he's also clearly not the brains of this operation, and so Nancy's like, okay, so Katya planned this, okay, cool, I need to go search her room, and you're like, why would you need to go search her room, and that's an excellent question, because clearly she has not yet found the diamond, um, but Nancy needs to know her shoe size, because she's pretty sure that the diamond is hidden in one of Katya's pairs of shoes, so... So yeah, so she's searching the room, looking around, um, making sure that she's got like a good idea of the shoe size and everything, looking through the drawers to see if there's any other clues, and Katya like bursts in, and she's like, I caught you red-handed, and Nancy's like, well, I was told to look everywhere, and right now everywhere is this room, and Katya's like, yeah, it is, but um, I'm just gonna point out to you that sometimes people get hurt if they're investigating things and I would not want you to get hurt and Nancy's like yeah yeah that's true that's a good point so now she knows Katya's shoe size and now all she has to do is track down Katya's shoes okay just to circle back to something because I just remembered it when they first see each other when Nancy and Ned first see each other when I say they it's always Nancy and Ned you know this um when they first see each other, Nancy's like, oh, how did the basketball season end? And it's like, we won our big game against Chicago, which, side note, Chicago is not mentioned in the previous book. Like, that's not one of the people that they were going up against. And also, if they had won, then that would mean that they went to the tournament, which they had, they made it into the tournament. And he says that, but he's got a sad smile on his face. And it's like, okay, so you don't actually know what the fuck happened in the previous book. Like, Seriously, oh my God! um ah uh, anyway um so the very last part of the book is that Belinda is in the lead playing the lead in the production, and everybody's rushing around and getting ready to go, and everybody's excited and of course, Ned is excited because his girlfriend- this is his girlfriend's big night like this could make it for her, so Nancy's been talking to everybody and she's pretty sure because of what she's discovered that, um, Anna and Andre is, is basically just like, Andre would do anything for Anna and Anna just wants to recover the diamond because it makes her look bad that she was there to make sure that nothing went wrong with the diamond and it got stolen, like, pretty much right from under her nose. Um, with Belinda and James, she asks James about it and James is like, oh, um, yeah, I gave Belinda some money because she performed at a fundraiser for me and, Like, everybody loves to watch new, young ballerinas perform, and she's just the best, and everybody loves her, and I'm like, first off, y'all banging. Second, Nancy's point is that, like, it's sad that this guy is determining all the publicity, because, like, Kaya, Kaya's a fantastic dancer. Like, injury or not, she's just fucking fantastic at it, and so Nancy just is kind of depressed, because while she's pretty sure that Kai is the one who's behind this, like, she's actually, like, she's still fucking kick-ass at her job, though, I'm just saying, so, um, that night, Brad is with Nancy, Brad is a fucking doorstop, um, (laughs) like, literally, there's, there's one night where he's, Brad's like, oh, my favorite way to spend a Thursday night on the couch, I'm alone with you. And I'm like, this is exactly when I would have been like, Nancy and Ned, you two can just adjourn to whatever room in the house you'd like to bang in and just get to it. You can reenact that scene from Atonement if you want to. She can put on a green dress and y'all can rock it. Just saying. Um, why would you not? But Brad's like, oh yeah, we're gonna make out on the couch. And Nancy's like, I thought we could watch a movie. And Brad's like... I guess it doesn't matter what you put on, because we ain't gonna be watching it, and Nancy's like, oh, I think we will, so she turns it on, and of course, it's the ballet again, like, she's still watching it, looking for clues, and Brad's like, I thought we were gonna have a night without a case, and Nancy's like, I need to solve this, and he's like, just leave it to the cops, like, again, he's like a broken fucking record over this, and there's one point where Nancy's like, Another thing about Brad is that he is not here for danger in any possible way, and if we ended up in danger, like, I would probably literally have to save his ass instead of him saving mine. Like, she's like, yet another way that you are in no way a good comparison to Ned Dickerson is that Ned could hold, like, he can hold his own. He can, he can fight. He can go after people. He can protect Nancy. He can stand up for himself, and Brad's like, but cops, though. Like, oh my god, he's so bad, anyway, Brad's there with her, and Nancy's like, yeah, we're not, we're not soulmates, this is not a thing that's gonna work, like, it was fun to make out with him, but mm, this ain't going anywhere, um, Ned's, of course, there, because it's Belinda's big night, and she's a bitch, and it's fine, um, but Nancy's talking to one of the, Nancy's backstage, and she's listening to some of the they're called the core dancers, the ones that aren't the principal dancers. Um, so they're talking and one of them is like, Oh, I found a pair of your point shoes and put them in your bag. And the other girl's like, Oh no, those weren't mine though. Um, they were the wrong shoemaker. And Nancy's like, Oh, can you tell me like the size and the shoemaker on those? And she's like, Oh, well it was this size. I don't remember the shoemaker. And Nancy's like, it's the right size. So she's like, where are they? And the other girl goes, oh, I just left them in the dressing room because I thought whoever needed them would pick them up. And Nancy's like, "Uh, uh, okay. So she searches and she cannot find them. They are not there. So she goes back and she's like, okay, so if they're not there now, where would they be? And the girls are like, I don't know. Like they could be anywhere. And then one of them is like, maybe the lost and found. And Nancy's like, there's a lost and found. And one of the other girls goes, yeah, up on the second floor, it's a big old cardboard box. And so Nancy hauls ass up there and she's digging through. She's finding shoes that are clearly aren't the right ones because she's looking for like perfect, brand new, only worn on stage, like that one night point shoes. So she's digging through. She hears a sound and she looks up to see that the, some a figure in black is approaching her with a knife. And she's like oh. So she digs through the box even faster. She finds a pair of like gleaming pristine ballet shoes tucked in the bottom of the box and she like yanks them out and just starts running her ass off. She has no idea if they're the right ones. She's pretty sure based on all the circumstantial evidence that these are the right ones, but she just hauls ass. Um, the person is catching up with her because again, she's pretty sure that this is Colby. Um and later he his mask comes off and so it's clearly Colby. But he's because he's the artistic director and because he's dancing like he's he is muscular as shit, so he's catching up with her. So Nancy runs down and she's like, I could go up, but then I'd be above the stage and there's not a lot of wiggle room up there. So she decides to go on the in the wings of the stage basically and then she needs to get away from Colby so she actually like edges between the scenery at the back of the stage. <laughs> And Colby's just sidling along with her and Nancy's like, what are you doing? Like, you you know, this is going to end badly. And he's like, oh, it's going to end badly for you. And so she gets over to the other side of the stage and that's where um, Brad has seen what's going on. And Ned is on the other side of the stage. So Ned sees Nancy and he sees that the person in black is pursuing and he's like, Nancy. And she's like, go long. And so Ned backs up and Kaya is also there and Kaya is looking super pissed. And so Nancy's trying to get Ned away from Kaya so that Kaya doesn't intercept it because then she picks up the ballet shoes and chucks them through the air like a football. Like she puts a snap on her wrist. There's a good rotation going on that thing. And she's like, It's a good thing that me and Ned tossed around the football so many times for exactly this reason. So Ned catches her pass. Colby goes after Ned. Kaya goes after after Nancy. Kaya is fucking fighting Nancy with ballet, which sounds at once like the cheesiest shit I can possibly imagine, and also pretty horrifying because it's like she can stab you in the chest with her point shoe. Super bad. Anyway, so Kaya's like, "We would have gotten away with it too," and it turns into like a fucking Scooby-Doo unmasking where it's like, if not for you pesky kids because exactly, like, when the guy was, like, because it was Colby who was, like, I'll call your parents, like, and Nancy's, like, if you're gonna talk to me like I'm five, like, you can just shut your cake hole, but, yeah, Katya's coming after Nancy, and she's, like, punching her, like, punching at her, kicking at her, all sorts of fun stuff, and I'm, like, um. Why though? Like Ned is the one with the ballet shoes. Like why aren't you just both teaming up on that? Oh, by the way, Ned and Colby are there just punching the shit out of each other, as one does. Um, the ballet is still going on. <laughs> <laughs> on stage, they are oblivious to everything that's happening. <laughs> it's like a fucking knockdown drag out on and the wings. Um. The two of them actually end up on stage and everything grinds to a freaking halt. Um, the curtain drops while Ned and Colby are still chasing each other around, punching each other. <laughs> Nancy eventually manages to grab Kaya's arm and disable her and get her down on the floor and sit on her, basically. But then she sees Ned and Colby out on stage and she's like, I need to help him, but I'm afraid of what will happen if I get up off Katya." And then the police show up with Brad right behind them. And Nancy's like, the the cops, and they're like, get those two girls and and hold them until we can question them, because they don't, they don't know what the hell's going on. So, they pick up Katya and Nancy and separate them, and Brad's like, well, when things got weird, I, I decided to go call the police, and Nancy just looks at him and shakes her head sadly, which, on the one hand, like, Brad made the correct call. You should call the cops when somebody's chasing your girlfriend with a knife, like, From that perspective, he made the correct decision. On the other hand, Nancy's like, seriously, you didn't jump in to help like Ned did. Like, Ned was immediately like, what do you need me to do? I'm here to do it. And Brad's like, I'm going to go call the cops. Like, I could be stabbed to death before you get your happy ass back here. So, she just looks at him and shakes her head sadly and is like, it was never going to work out between us. Maybe we can remain friends, but... This, this phase of my life is over. It was fun making out with you. You're a doorknob. (laughs) Um, meanwhile, Ned and Colby are out on stage, punching the shit out of each other, and a piece of scenery actually falls down on top of them. And Nancy sees Ned's arm out from underneath it, she's like, Ned, and of course he doesn't answer, and it's like the Wicked Witch of the West has happened. Um, eventually, the cops pick up the flat of scenery, and Ned has Colby in a wrestler's hold, because of course he fucking does. You're like, what sport does he not play? And I can't answer that question. If the sport exists, Ned has played it. Um, so Ned's like, yeah, I couldn't move enough to get the flat off me, but here you go. Here's the guy. And Ned, of course, still has the ballet shoes, and so... Nancy's like, yeah, we've, we found the diamond. And the cops are like, where is it? And Ned's like, let's let Nancy do the honors. And he smiles at Nancy and hands her the ballet shoes so that she can be the one to reach into the toe of the ballet shoes and pull, and pull out the diamond pin in front of everybody. And Ned's just sitting there like looking at her with this glowing expression of pride. And he's like, that's my girl. And you're like, it was your girl, but you were drugged as shit and did not know what you were doing when you broke things off with her. So, um, Nancy's like, yeah, I just don't quite understand why you did this. And for Colby, it's revenge. Like he just, he wanted to get back at James for doing this to him. He knew it'd be embarrassing for the company if the diamond was stolen. For Katya, it was like, She's getting back at this guy who was like, and again, Kaya is not that old. Like, Kaya's is, like, mid-30s. And James is like, oh, no, we need, like, new, fresh talent. And while Belinda is a good dancer, which Nancy hates admitting this, like, Belinda's actually a good dancer. But, like, Kaya is fantastic. And it's like, she's being forced out. And it's the pride of knowing that she's basically giving a big old fuck you to these people. Like, that's basically why she did it. Like, the notes that she leaves with Nancy are almost teasing. Like, this is a game that we're playing. Except for this, she almost fell down an elevator shaft. And actually, Kaya is like, yeah, I felt really super bad about those times when we almost killed you. Like, no hard feelings. And Nancy's like, I mean, some hard feelings. And the cops are like, well, if you say you're sorry, then I guess we can knock a few years off your sentence. And you're like, sure, that's how this works. Sure. It's fine. Um. After the cops have arrested the two culprits and led them off, Belinda stomps up to Ned and Nancy's like, oh my gosh, she's going to kiss him again and I'm going to have to see it and I might vomit. And instead, Belinda's like, Ned Nickerson, I cannot believe you did this. You have ruined my big night. I never want to see you again. I hate you. And she just stomps off, which everybody thinks that Belinda is an entitled bitch. So this is not out of character for her. The thing, and Nancy even at one point is like, I do not know what he sees in her other than the fact that she's pretty. And she's also talented. Like, there's this really interesting dichotomy here where Belinda is about Nancy's age. Like, a lot of the dancers are like 16, 17, 18. Um, But Belinda is professionally successful. Like, she's dancing in this company. Like, she's got actual legitimate recognition. She's going to be making money. And Nancy is an amateur Nancy has recognition for what she's doing, but she generally doesn't accept payment for anything that she's doing. Ned's on a similar, he's kind of between these two because he's playing like professional level ball at a college, which means he's not, he's not being compensated for. It. He's not on scholarship because his parents are wealthy. So it's really interesting. Like Nancy feels a certain level of jealousy toward Belinda because Belinda is successful in a way that Nancy isn't. Um, Ned can be proud of Belinda and like see that she's dedicated herself to this thing with an obvious payoff where Nancy's dedicating herself to cases where she's investigating people and then turning the evidence over to police basically like at the end of it when she's figured everything out Brad's like okay so just go to the police and tell them and Nancy's like you you have never gotten it like the the thrill of finding the thing that you've been looking for like it's mine now. It's, it's my experience. It's my thing. And this is what I'm so excited about. So, so at the end of it, Nancy and Ned look at each other, like Ned comes over to her after Belinda's been like, fuck you and everything you stand for. And Ned comes over to Nancy and he's like, so, um, you maybe want to go out on a date sometime. And Nancy's like, where do you have in mind? And that's like, you know, that club that we like to dance at. And Nancy's like, that would be great. And then he like gives her a hug and a little kiss on the cheek. And Nancy's like, this was not a friendly kiss on the cheek. This was a kiss on the cheek, which means that we are going to be dancing and it is going to be epic. And so she looks at Ned and she's like, I think that it is time for a new beginning. And you're like, yes, it fucking is. That is exactly what we are here for. So, to sum everything up, are they going to bang? They're never going to bang. But, like, I do find it deeply interesting, like, that Ned goes from somebody who is behaving in this fairly selfless way. Like, she just wants to get to the bottom of cases. That's what defines her. That's what her personality is. And that's what Brad never gets about her to go to Belinda, who is just so incredibly self-centered and conceited, and again, there's no, there's no indication, there's nothing explaining to you, like, why was Ned ever attracted to her, other than that she's pretty, and why was Nancy ever attracted to Brad, and the, the answer to that, honestly, like, there's one point where Nancy actually introduces Ned and Brad to each other, and it's not clear on how exactly she introduces the two of them, like, it doesn't say, like, oh, Brad, here's my ex-boyfriend, Ned, who is coincidentally here and also asked me to investigate this case. Like, you don't have that kind of context for this. But, like, it doesn't matter because Brad and Belinda are just completely disposable. It's just like, these are placeholders until we get back together. Because the books, were never going to permanently split them apart. We're going to talk about... The guys that Nancy flirts with when she's not with Ned, because oh my god, it happens in book one. Like, it happens practically every other book once you get near the end of this. Like, the thing is that Nancy always goes back to Ned. Like, the, le- the very last book of the series, like, I would have punched somebody in the literal face if this hadn't happened, but the last book in the series, like, is set at Emerson, I'm pretty sure. Assuming I ever get there. Um, like, he is her guy, he is the guy who knows her better than anybody else, and, like, I wrote a story about Ned forever ago that was about the fact that Ned, Ned is specifically built for Nancy, like, he has no other real function, he can have no life outside her, not really, because of the way that everything is set up, because of the simplicity of the books, and so I talked about the fact that, like, Ned can love Nancy in a way that Nancy can never return it because Nancy can never be tied down to him because she was never defined that way. She cannot be defined that way. Nancy cannot grow up. Nancy is, Nancy is Peter Pan. Like, Nancy has a set of skills and a lack of responsibility that would be completely destroyed were she to actually age up, which is a thing that I grapple with a lot in the stories that I write about them because, like, where do you go from here? It's like she's taking a gap year that never ends, and it's like Ned is never going to graduate, even though I talked in the last one about how Ned is probably like probably a junior in college. He can never graduate. Like we can never we're on the cusp of realization, but we can never actually reach it. Which feels kind of appropriate for their relationship, really, but again, I feel really strongly that their relationship defines everything about what we see in these stories like it's uh, he's her guy like that's just it he's her guy and he can't stay away from her and that's kind of what this this specific one is all about like we're not going to put in any placeholder story where she's trying to get over him it's like no i'm not going to be away from you long enough for you to get over me like i'm just not going to allow that to happen so i'm just saying Okay, we're going to pick up next time with book 10, which is the third in this trilogy where we start off with Nancy and Ned breaking up, and now we went through Nancy and Ned figuring out that they still have deep, deep feelings for each other. And then in book 10, like, book 10 is really interesting because it's very much looking back at things, but also looking forward to things. So we're going to pick up with that next week. So stay sleuthy, my friends.